Well, we are in our fourth and final installment of our Praying the Psalms sermon series, and it has been a wonderful journey for myself and for Kristen as we kind of consider what it means to live life within the cycles that life brings when we understand that we begin in this state of orientation, that we have this season of orientation when life is steady and the ground beneath us is, is firm and life is secure. How do we pray? What do we pray for? We don't always know when life is going so well. But the psalmist understands. The psalmist has been exactly where we are. The psalmist, when we read the psalms today, is exactly where we are in whatever season of this cycle we find ourselves in. And so the psalmist reminds us that we are to pray with thanksgiving, anticipating that there will be trouble, there will be struggles in the future. But we pray with thanksgiving because we understand that God has been there in the past struggles, God will be with us in the current struggles, and God will be with us in the future. So we pray with thanksgiving for God's overflowing grace and love and presence with us and in life. And then we entered in this consideration what it means to pray when, when life is not going well, when this season of, of disorientation, when the ground beneath us is not firm but is shifting, when we face enemies and foes that they're too big, they're too strong, the odds are stacked against us. And it does not look like we could possibly win. And the threat may be so powerful and so deep that it's a threat of death. How do we pray when we don't know what to say? We don't know how to say it. When we have forgotten what it means to pray. When we have been lax and we've gotten out of the practice of communicating with God. And now in a dire situation, we can think of nothing else but reaching out to God. The psalmist has been there. The psalms are there and they invite us to pray with the psalms. We considered Psalm 22, the, the, the words that Christ cried out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This powerful psalm of lament when it feels like all is lost, that we have been utterly abandoned by God and by all of our friends, and that the enemy and the foe is too strong, that the enemy has encircled us and is beginning to encroach upon us, and we don't know what to say. And we cry out our complaint, and we ask God to come and help us again. And then we look forward to God's intervention, to God's helping hand that will save us, that will pull us up. In spite of all the odds, regardless of the size and strength of our enemy. Which leads us to today in this consideration of what it means to be reoriented. To enter into a time of, of a new normal when the ground is different but it's secure 
when the day is safe but different from our previous safe. We were all familiar with this. I mean, COVID-19 told us a lot about what it means to enter into a new normal. We've all faced new, all kinds of new normals. As I think about how, how my story and, and, and my history of going through these cycles and these seasons of orientation and disorientation and then reorientation, the psalmist invites us to consider what our own story looks like, what our own history looks like, and to revisit those histories to meditate on those histories, to recall God's presence with us when our enemies were strong. You know, when I, when I thought about this, I was thinking about kind of drifting through my own little history. And, and it's different from anybody else in, the, in this room. We all, as individuals, have different histories from anyone else in this room. And as I was thinking about all the times that that I have found myself safe and secure, and all the times that I found myself completely upside down and disoriented, and then finding myself in a new normal and a reorientation, I began to think back, when did those things occur? What was the saving grace moving from disorientation to reorientation? Where did I see God in all of these occasions, in all of these seasons, and the psalmist invites us into that consideration. Psalms 30 is a wonderful and powerful example of giving praise, individual praise, for what God has done for us, what God is doing for us, and what God will do for us. You know, as I... Thinking back on that, on my on my little history, I I can't help but to go back to that the time when I went to Florida State, and I and I talk about Florida State because that's my that's my history. Yours is Alabama and Auburn and Georgia and LSU and, and Tulane and Ole Miss and stuff, I mean, all kinds of schools. Well, mine is is Florida State, and there's this a, kind of a, a fun little tradition that Florida State has, their football team has, and it's. It's called the Sod Cemetery. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. But in, in October of 1962, this is a, you can see how new and kind of young our tradition is. I mean, we go back to 1962. <laughs> Dean Moore was on the athletic board, and he was there at practice, and the Seminoles were getting ready for their next game. It was going to be in Athens, Georgia, against the Bulldogs between the hedges. The Bulldogs were a substantial, well, they were the favorite. Florida State was a significant underdog. There was no way they were supposed to win this game. And so Dean Moore, after the practice, told the players to go and bring home some sod from between the hedges. And so on October the 20th, the team went and played the University of Georgia, and they won 18-0. to and the captain of the team went and pulled some sod from between the hedges and brought it home. He gave it to Dean Moore, who gave it to head coach Bill Peterson, and they said, what we need to do is we need to bury this piece of sod here on the practice field as a reminder. We'll put a monument over it. Well, this has grown. There are now over 110 pieces of sod buried in the sod cemetery. 
And the way you do that, the way they did it, was to decide, well, any time that Florida State travels to, a, to an, out, an out of town away game, and they're the underdog, that's a sod game. Any bowl game they go to, that's a sod game. ACC championship game, that's a sod game. Anytime they go to Gainesville, Florida to play the Gators, that's a sod game. And before they travel to the game, they gather the team together and the captains tell them the importance of this game. That in years past, for decades, the team has, fa- has faced enemies that were impressive and powerful, too strong for the team to win. But they found a way to win. And they bring that sod home. And when you look at that sod cemetery, and you can go, it's in between the the stadium and the practice field, and there's like a big monument there. And it used to be really small. Now it's gotten a little bigger, but it's still small. There's little bronze markers, over 110 of them, all over this little green space, marking games, marking sod, marking occasions that they won when they should not have. You know, when I think about that sod cemetery... And I think about my own life and my own little history. And maybe if you were to think about your own history and your own life and kind of go back through and review all of the enemies that you faced. All the powerful foes that have risen up against you in life. When you should not have won. When the odds were completely against you, but you won. I won. We won. What if we think back over all of those instances and look for where God was present? Where do we find God revealing himself to us? Present in our seasons of disorientation. When life is against us, when the odds are stacked against us, and the enemy is too strong and the pit is too deep, the hurdle's too high. But because God, we were able to overcome. We were able to win. We were saved. We were lifted up. And we're able to be here today to remember, to look back over our history and pull those moments out where God saved us and proclaim them to the world. That's what Psalm 30 does for us. I invite us to consider these words in Psalm 30 as we read and listen to the psalmist in chapter 30. I invite us to do so with with an ear and a heart of prayer. And as we pray through this particular psalm, I invite us all to go back through our own histories to pinpoint to identify, acknowledge our weaknesses, our lack of faith, the times that we faced an enemy that was too strong for us, that on our own we would never, ever have defeated. But because of God, God's grace, God's love, God's strength and presence with us, because God intervenes for us, we have won. Here now reading... And a praying of Psalm 30. 
I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you have established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face, and I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothe me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. May God bless the reading of the word. When we think about this particular psalm and this psalmist way of praying through a season of reorientation, I think the psalmist is leading us to consider all of the seasons of our life to this point, to acknowledge that we all have gone through times when life was against us, when we faced enemies that were about to conquer us. These enemies may have been of our own doing or our own undoing. The psalmist speaks of fear, speaks of trouble. The psalmist speaks of trust. He speaks of faith. And he speaks of a lack of trust. The psalmist invites to us to acknowledge our own weaknesses, our own brokenness and to utterly rely upon God. So I invite us, today and every day, as we consider the circumstances and our seasons, that we can give thanks. Thanks to God for all the seasons in life. Because no matter the season, no matter the trouble, no matter the enemy, God is with us. God is gracious, steadfast, to help us, to pull us up, to pull us out of the pit of despair and death. That's God's love for us. 
So as we go about the rest of our day and the rest of this week, and hopefully for the rest of our lives, walk through your own sod cemeteries. Consider the enemies you have faced. Know that we are underdogs, but God is with us. And wherever God is, there we find victory. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.